Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to It's Complicated with me, Tanya Goodin, the podcast to help you untangle your relationship with your phone. This is a podcast about learning to live healthily and happily with technology and the digital world, and understanding why sometimes that's so hard to do. I'm your host, Tanya Goodin, author and founder of digital wellbeing movement, Time to Log Off. Each week, I'll be asking a new guest how they can help us with the relationship with the tiny tyrant in our pocket, our smartphone. If you've been online for a while, you'll have come across the concept of catfishing. Catfishing is where people pretend to be someone else online, using fake IDs and profiles and photos, usually but not always related to online dating. I've actually written about catfishing in my new book, My Brain Has Too Many Tabs Open. And in the book, I write about the experience of my guest this week, Max Benwell. Max is a British journalist who now lives and works in New York, who got caught up in a catfishing drama a few years ago, but not in the way you might expect. I don't want to say too much about it, as I really want him to tell his story himself. I think you're going to enjoy it. So, hi Max. Welcome. Welcome to It's Complicated. Hi Tanya. Thanks so much for having me. I think it's about a year since we chatted and I interviewed you for my book. I can't remember if it was pre-pandemic now or... Oh, it definitely wasn't pre-pandemic. No, it was, I think it was about a year ago. You got in touch and I I got to appear in your fantastic book. Oh, well, that's very kind. It's people like you that made it fantastic, if it is fantastic. I think yours actually was one of the most interesting stories and it's one that when people give me feedback about the book they always mention it so I mean obviously it's about catfishing and we're all familiar with catfishing people talk about it a lot but your story the way you got involved in a catfishing scenario is a little bit more unusual than the type of thing that we've seen on tv so I just wanted to start by asking you when did you first realize that you were being pulled into a catfishing story it was a very very odd experience because 
most of the time people are the victims of catfishes where they're talking to someone not realizing that they're someone else whereas it was in sort of spring 2018 i woke up one morning to a uh, message on my phone there was a woman who was dming me on twitter she was saying i think i've been talking to someone who is pretending to be you they're using your your photos and have a nice day to be honest i laughed it off off and didn't really think about it because i think in my head the internet is such a big place and people are up to all all different sort of things all the time and it didn't seem that crazy to me that maybe this would happen but then i started to get more messages in the following weeks women in the same way would sort of dm me on instagram or twitter and say hey i think that this person who i've been talking to the whole time it looks like you but isn't you and you know they seem quite proud of themselves that they figured it out I don't think they were asking the person to send photos with like that day's newspaper, but they were being strangely evasive. So they put my images, the, the, the guy's images into to Google and, and found my, my Twitter and my Instagram where they could message me. So in terms of being like a piece of journalism or me writing about this, it was, that was never a question. It was just a funny thing happening in my life where it's, oh, this person's pretending to be me, seems pretty harmless. But then I get a Twitter no notification about a month later and I've been tagged underneath a tweet by a woman where the person who's tagged me has said, oh, I think this person's catfishing at Max Benwell. And it's this woman from Oklahoma City who is <laughs> very upset and has posted a screenshot of the catfishers message to them with my face and it's the most kind of horrible abusive message you can imagine mm -hmm. just you know call, calling her all types of names likening her to shamu from sea world you know calling her uh, a bitch and it, and it can't you know like i hope i can say that <laughs> but it was yeah pretty pretty horrible pretty shocking and you know she was calling him out and saying, you know, you're not, I hope you don't get any dates in, in Oklahoma City. And that's when I realized, like, what if I, you know, went to Oklahoma City on a trip and this person or this per one of his people's friends or followers, like, saw me? It was like concern for this person, but also obviously the slightly selfish, like, oh gosh, this is, this is very real and could affect me in a very real way. And how did it feel when you saw your picture next to that message, those words? I mean, that must have been quite yeah shocking yeah it was just it was no longer funny because this person had been harassed online and by someone with my face i mean all of the other women were kind of laughing about it but she was clearly very upset so mm -hmm. that's when i really started to think i want to stop this i feel very cynical towards the ability of social media platforms to actually stop it because i think a lot of these women were if not just blocking, we're reporting these accounts as well, but it was still happening. Nothing was happening. I'm not yeah. surprised you say that. Disappointed, but not surprised. Yeah. So I, I thought it would be good to confront this person, to find them. It's, it's tricky, isn't it? How do, you find, how do you find a person 
who is pretending to be you. I went into the, the business of being a sort of social media detective, which I think we all are to some extent in our daily lives. You know, we've all kind of... If we're looked... honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So I, I took some of the skills that I already had, but also tried to do some new things as well. It took me down a, a bit of a rabbit hole. So how did you do it? Tell me how you managed to track him down. Originally, I thought that it, I could catfish him. I knew that came with particular uh, risks because, you know, you even though social media sites are quite hopeless with these people, they can sometimes ban you or block you if they find that you've been catfishing because I was going to maybe, you know, sort of honey trap him, like poses. So you were uh, going to pretend to be a woman? Yeah. I was thinking about pretending to be a woman. So I spoke mm -hmm. to someone from Facebook and I asked a spokesperson, if I'm being catfished, can I pose as someone else to try and stop them and, and sort of take it into my own hands like that? And they were like, absolutely not. This no. is against our policies, any catfishing. I was like, but even if it's for a greater good, and they're like, no. But then that made me realize that there's a loophole in all of this, which is that anyone can pretend to have a particular interest in a certain area and create like a business page for that interest. So all I knew about this catfisher was that from the last message, it seemed like they were targeting women in Oklahoma City. So I made the assumption that they were in Oklahoma City. And I was like, okay, so he's a young man, probably between 20 and 30. The messages he was sending just seemed yeah. maybe like 18 to 30. I mean, <laughs> it's quite silly now looking back on it. So you set up a business page for... I set up a business page called Gorgeous Ladies of Oklahoma, or Blue for, for short, thinking, okay, I can't pretend to be a woman, but I can kind of create a page for photos of women in the Oklahoma area and see if he'll follow it. So I got some of my friends to send like some holiday shots of them, which they were comfortable sharing with me. I told them, you know, I'm trying to get this guy and, you know, if you have any photos of you maybe sort of thirst traps which you've already posted publicly and you're not you know so they're pretending to be the gorgeous women of like yeah yeah <laughs> i gave them like fake names you know say like adriana is a big fan of tailgating you know the oklahoma city raiders or whatever the football team is and eleanor ferrante stuff like that you know real a real mix of interests who, who wouldn't want to date that woman? <laughs> and then I sort of took advantage of the fact that Instagram lets you sort of very specifically target users mm. if you pay to promote posts. So I put some money into promoting these photos to men between the ages of like 18 and 30 around like a sort of 15 mile radius of Oklahoma City. I also bought a lot of fake followers and fake likes to make the account seem legit and create like a nice logo for it. My main goal here was to have access to the account of the person who was catfishing me. I had managed to find the, the Instagram account they're using where the profile photo was of me in a little sort of uh, kayak. And so I found that and I was like, I just need this account to follow this page and then I can see what they're posting. How long did it take before you lured <laughs> him in? I just got a lot of horny guys in Oklahoma who were following <laughs> me, but, but not him. 
No. So that was, I mean, that was fun. But yeah, it was a shame that didn't work. I also bought Tinder Gold and changed my gender to female and then changed my location to Oklahoma City and like a 20 mile radius or something. And and then started looking through all of men, swiping through them, trying to find myself. That didn't work either. Surprise, surprise. Gosh, that'd be so weird, swiping <laughs> your own picture. I'm just trying to imagine how that would feel. It would have been like a kind of ultimate act of narcissism. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that didn't work out. And that's when I kind of start speaking to Lenny, who is a social media detective who works for this company called Social Catfish. They have a bunch of tools and, and methods. If they have someone's name or just or photos or like the photos they're using of you, they can plug them into their search tool. And it's even more powerful than the sort of Google wow. image uh, search or, or whatever. And, and they, they can bring... get a location, can they, from that? Well, they can tap into like public records, right. publicly held information, other profiles on social media which use those photos. But the thing is, they put in some photos of me, but they, what they discovered is that there's even more catfishes out there. They're just not harassing women in the same way. There was like someone had set up this account on a dodgy porn site with my photo. Like someone was uh, doing like reviews on like Yelp or TripAdvisor with my photo. There was another person who was on Fiverr, you know, the freelance website who had my photo. So that you was kind busy. of terrifying. You were busy online, Max. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Seeing like all I'm these asleep. various things. Yeah. yeah, it's like Fight Club. I hope, I hope that's not a spoiler oh if no one's watched it. But um, yeah, I was very, very busy. That just kind of was even more alarming. Meanwhile, I still haven't caught him, and I'm getting more people get in touch with me and say there was this one woman who had been texting with him and had become suspicious and then found me and then like started messing with the guy and, and got her friend, her male friend to start chatting with him and flirting with him and sending dick pics oh. and got him to someone. And I have to say, it wasn't, when it came to dick pics, he wasn't catfishing me. He didn't have that level of access, <laughs> but there was someone's genitalia was oh. shared from the catfisher. I don't know if it was theirs or... With your name on it. <laughs> well, he was using a different name, fortunately. He was going by the name of like... John Saunders, but he had my face. So that was, uh, yeah, slightly lighter, but still kind of messed up. So yeah, the, it was a real kind of odyssey and it's very frustrating. I just couldn't get into this account. But then I managed to talk to someone who had, who did actually have access to his Instagram account. He had followed her and she had followed him back. I was managed to find people who followed him through some sort of weird Google hack where there's all these sites which kind of mirror people's instagram accounts yeah and you can see like who's liked Who it follow. so then yeah yeah so then i found someone who follows him and i messaged them and said i really want to see what's on this page can you screenshot the page and show me and she did and it was so so much more horrifying than i thought it would be because it was just every other photo was a photo of me like baby photos of me photos Where of my ex-girlfriend them all from were they all coming from one source? I mean, I think it was mostly from my Instagram. It was right. photos I had shared or photos I had shared on Twitter or Facebook. But he was really plugged into my entire like photo output for a long mm -hmm. time. Like as a family photo of me when I was a baby with my sister and my parents. Gosh. And photos of my ex-girlfriend and, and then lots of memes like peppered in between. Yeah. And, and kind of like American football team logos and 
stuff like that, which provided me some clues. But then the big breakthrough happened when I'd already been talking to an editor at Guardian who wanted me to sort of write about it. So I had that kind of in mind. So so as part of my writing process, I sort of created a timeline of everything that had happened. So I could line it up and be like, okay, if I'm going to write about it, I need to know like, this person messaged me first and then this person, and then this happened. And in doing so, I went back to one of the very, very earliest messages I had received on Twitter, which I have to say in my defense, like this was way before I'd started thinking about this as a piece and I was kind of just laughing it off. And I realized that they had mentioned in this DM that they they guessed who it was because an account had followed them at exactly the same time. And I think so they had his of, real name then. They had his real name, yeah. And so then with the name, I was able to give it to Lenny at the Social Catfish, who's a detective, and she put it through their system and it it pulled up a whole bunch of whole bunch of things. Two Facebook profiles of the same person. I was looking at stuff on Google with with his name and it brought up this uh, Google Plus account. Remember Google had a social media yeah, thing that shuttered. That's, and that's it was, fast from the past, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, there was this Google Plus group called Expose Them or Expose Him where people shared people who had been nasty to them online or predatory or harassing. And a year before all this started, he had sent horrible messages to someone, really abusive, like even worse than any of the ones he had sent to the woman who'd been in touch with me. But then he was claiming to be hacked. I think he was replying to it. And then there was this young woman called Tanya Gold who was defending him and saying, no, this, I call him Chris in the piece because I didn't want to give his name. So she was like, oh, Chris is a good guy he wouldn't do that here are some photos of him and then she attached like loads of selfies of him and it was like what is going on it was like 30 selfies of the same guy so i i google image searched her photo she's like a young african-american woman and found this news article of a woman who had gone missing just outside of San Francisco, like 10 years, eight years earlier. So it was kind of like a murder victim. Gosh, this is getting very dark. That was the dark, yeah, one of the darkest parts of it. So he clearly used this photo of a dead woman to defend himself like a sock puppet on, on Google+. Meanwhile, Lenny gets back to me she manages to find his address and his phone number. So i suddenly have his phone number and it's, I put off for weeks phoning it because I'm so nervous because this is it. Like I've been looking mm. to confront him and tell him to stop and explain how he's, you know, what he's done and has had this real impact on people and, and to, you know, to ask him why he did it and how he found me and, and why he behaved in this way. But at the same time, I'm like, what's going to stop him from just hanging up as soon as I call him and say it's me? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So I put it off and put it off and... I finally get the courage to to do it. I go into a, a little room in, in our office at The Guardian and I call him up. It's a home number. Someone picks up and it, it's, it's all crackly. It's kind of, it, it's clearly him, but his, his voice keeps on breaking up and I'm, I'm saying, Chris, is that you, Chris? And he's like, sorry, like, who is this? Who is this? And I'm like, it's Max. It's Max Benwell. I'm it's just calling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just calling because I, I just have a, have a feeling that maybe you might have been using my photos and I'm not angry. I, I just want to talk like I'd strategize this in the time I was procrastinating and putting off doing this. I was like kind of coming up with a strategy of like, I need to be very unconfrontational, reassuring, make sure he doesn't panic, make sure he knows he's not in trouble. So I was what just like, did you know, you know about him? How old was he? I'm trying to sort of. He, I think he the... was very able to find his age. He was like 27, 28. Okay. Yeah. So not. I think. So you had an idea me. of what he was like before you rang him. Yeah, like the we, I managed to find his social media profiles, and he's kind of like an odd guy. You know, he was sort of posting Instagram posts where it was like the same selfie twice in two posts in a row. And then like, it was a photo gallery swipe and it was just like the same selfie from slightly different angles. So I don't know. I don't know what was going on on there. And did um, he live at home in his parents' basement? Because that's the cliche about catfishes, <laughs> isn't it? That they live with their mum in the basement. Yeah, I mean, I don't, know if it, I don't know if this is true or not, but he was like, this is my, this is my house phone. Like my parents could have picked it up. Um, okay, so he did live with his parents, yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazingly, he stayed on the line. And after the slight technical difficulties at the start, I was able to explain to him and say, you know, I just, I'm just reaching out because I think that you can use my photos. I'm not angry. No one's in trouble. I just wanted to talk to you. And he was clearly like quite panicked, but also amazingly then talked to me for a whole hour. And he just kept on denying it, but in a really 
dubious way but he was so adamant that it wasn't him and he kept on saying well the, the internet's like a big place because i kept on saying you know an account with my photos on facebook followed or added this woman as a friend and then an account with your name added them at exactly the same time like that just seems like too much of a coincidence and he was like wow the internet's a big place like that wasn't me as not me i think he like followed the catfishing account i was like well how like how come you if you have nothing to do with this yeah how did this catfishing account come into your radar like how do you know about it like, oh i think like, someone was posting about it i saw it and i followed it to see what it was all about because they were like watch out of this guy he's catfishing someone so i kind of clicked onto it you know i was like well come on man this is this is ridiculous you keep on saying the internet's a big place and there's lots of people on the internet and then you're saying that you you have nothing to do with this but you also have like followed this account <laughs> it's just happened like... <laughs> coincidentally to be following it yeah. yeah and i was like look i know you're you're gonna keep on denying this but so did he ever know. admit it in the course of the no no he just kept on saying no it wasn't me got the wrong person i was like but look i, I kind of just started talking to him like i was like look you can keep on saying that but i just want you to know that you've really upset people and you can't do this you know it's really a horrible thing to do and your actions have had consequences even if you don't feel like they have because you're online and and you're sort of semi well, anonymous because they don't know it's you and he was like well you know yeah but I, it wasn't me so you know whatever so it was very frustrating we kept on going back and forth i tried kind of lulling him into a sense of kind of security and i was just chatting to him about what he likes to do and and then looping back around and be like okay so come on and they still sort of stood firm. So eventually I kind of used our kind of ch the chattiness uh, and friendliness to be like, well, can I like, can I follow you on Instagram? And he let me follow it. And then I just started chatting to him idly, just about nothing, whatever. And meanwhile, I was kind of like awkwardly trying to hold the phone up to my ear, but then also screenshot every single <laughs> while part talking. of his profile while talking. Yeah. And that gave me the smoking gun because then I put it side by side with the screenshots the woman had sent me of the account pretending to be me, the different account. And in a couple of instances, you had like three or four of the exact same memes posted in the same mm -hmm. order in between photos of me on the catfishing account and photos of him on his real account. So, cause I kind of assumed it's like, he's posted so many memes. Like, is he doing completely original content? on each account like that's a lot of work and of course yeah he was cutting corners he was using the same memes uh for different accounts so i finally got him he, he even sensed that something was up like i didn't even reach out to him again but he messaged me out the blue and said i don't want anything to do with this anymore if you reach out to me again you're invading my privacy and i i want to like you know basically terminate any relationship and if you never to contact me again at that point you have to kind of step away and respect that even you know if you think someone's done something wrong you yeah you can't really keep on going but i had everything i'd needed i i had you know communicated to him what i wanted to communicate and i hope it sunk sunk in for him and i mean i haven't really checked up on him since it would be impossible to tell if he was still up to to no good because it's not like he was doing anything on his normal accounts did you ever hear from any of the women? And I'm really interested in, because there are cliches, aren't there, about people who fall for catfishers. Did you find they were all similar 
sorts of women? Was there anything that gave um, you a clue as to why they were drawn? And I'm not, I'm not victim blaming at all. No, I'm just no. interested in, you know, is there a profile of person that's more vulnerable to this sort of thing? And did you notice that when the various women got in touch with you? Interestingly, it was only after I published the piece where a few women got in touch with me who more kind of fitted into that category where you have certain kind of common, roughly common traits of maybe a woman who was quite unhappy in her marriage and quite lonely got in touch with me. I think it's like, yeah, that loneliness Mm -hmm. I found among a couple of women who got in touch afterwards and were asking me, like, can you help me figure out if this person's real or not? But in terms of the women who he was targeting, there was no trend at all. It was just people who he was finding on social media. Anyone who would respond, I guess. Yeah, it was really sort of scattergun approach. And I think, if anything, it was more like young women who had just grown up with the internet and maybe didn't have their guard up as much like yeah. they were happy to talk to someone randomly on online like that was normal to them weren't as cynical yeah and I don't think any of them were lonely or I mean who knows but like that didn't seem like the main thing it was just oh this guy's talking to me and uh, yeah he's, he you know, he seems fine he seems friendly so I'm gonna talk to him back and how did you feel because obviously you approached this as a journalist Max you know you, hmm. were, you were researching a piece you were I'm really struck by what you said a few minutes ago, you know, when, when he said, I don't want to engage, you know, you have to respect that. That's a journalist speaking. How did yeah. Max, the person, feel throughout all of this? Or was it only after you finished all your research that you were able to kind of process how it, it felt to be used in that way? Yeah, well, it happened over such a long time period. It took about 10 months or so from getting that first message to kind of publishing the piece it fluctuated between at first just kind of brushing it off and being amused to then kind of being horrified to then kind of getting obsessed with finding him and getting into the the hunt there was a lot of relief at the end when i managed to speak to him a lot of frustration Mm -hmm. but then getting that smoking gun with the, the instagram memes just felt great i was like okay yeah I almost was starting to doubt myself because he was so adamantly denying it. I was like, oh God, what if I had put the wrong person? And then after that, I think a couple of women who he had messaged got in touch and were really happy. They really enjoyed the piece. And I think what's striking is that, you know, I don't think it particularly affected in a long-term way, like any of women. And and that's not to say that it's not bad, but I think that a lot of women and, and people in general are so used to this kind of online abuse. Which is depressing, actually, isn't it, really? If like 100 years ago, someone was sending you really horrible telegrams, that might stick with you more. Because it's like, when does this happen? This is, (laughs) what is this person doing? This doesn't, this isn't a normal part of society. But but nowadays, you kind of expect it. Was there a part of you, even a small part of you that was a bit flattered? Because when I've I've mentioned (laughs) the story to people, they've said, well, you know, he must be a good looking guy because a catfisher wouldn't choose a photo of somebody who looked really rough. Well, as a lot of people ask me that, they either say, were you flattered or why did he choose your photos? So it's kind of of like, ouch. (laughs) Yeah, it's either very complimentary or very, or I don't get it. The opposite. In general, like, yeah, you can see it that way, but 
once you see the person who's doing it, see the, the woman who's doing it, you kind of realize that they're in this whole ecosystem of like online personalities and how you appear. I don't think Catfish is looking for like the most handsome people. It's just kind of someone who looks normal, who looks kind of friendly. And also I think, I think he just searched for like white man with glasses and I, I oh. turned up. <laughs> I don't know if he was like searching for like, you know, most handsome guy in the world. <laughs> and if he was, then I think there's something wrong with, with Google. <laughs> Google's algorithm. Yeah, they need to sort out their, their images. So has it had any long-term impact on you and the way you use the digital world? Has it made you more cynical? Are you more protective about your images that you share? Well, I've been online quite consistently since the age of like MySpace. Well, even before that, MSN Messenger and then MySpace since I was like 13 or 14. So nothing about this really surprised me. I, I think I've always been aware that people can do this somewhere at some sort of time, anything's going to be happening on the internet. And, you know, and you add into that the fact that you have a sort of reasonable platform as a journalist and your photos and articles are going to kind of be out there and you're going to be a bit more visible as a result. So, yeah, it didn't, it didn't shock me that much. What shocked me was just like how far he went and, and how abusive he was. Yeah. It's like there's not much you can do to protect yourself apart from wipe your presence completely from the face of the internet which some people do well, you know, I they, think they... it's actually impossible really now isn't it it's very very yeah. hard to do unless you've got a lot of money I... and a lot of time yeah it's pretty hard if you want to maintain like a some semblance of a online presence which you have to as a journalist don't you I've been thinking a lot about that recently and like I think when you when you're coming up as a journalist and if you go to like journalism school it's constantly drilled into about like your your personal brand and your Twitter and your employability all being kind of part of the same parcel. Now I've been sort of in journalism for seven or eight years. I'm starting to wonder if, if you still need that, you know, once you have a resume mm -hmm. and it's definitely, there's an appeal, not just because of this stuff, but I mean, partly, but a whole bunch of reasons and your, your own sort of attention and focus in life and time. Yeah. It's very appealing. The idea of getting off, do you have three words to sum up your current relationship with tech and the digital world? Three words? Let me think. I mean, there's a lot. Journalist to only pick three. I <laughs> yeah, I, know, I need an editor. Well, I've got to the point where I really don't like how much I am online and how much I kind of rely on that and how much it splits my attention. But at the same time, I do get a degree of satisfaction out of it. So resentful, would that be one? You're saying you... Resentful, painful enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds faintly masochistic to me, but... Okay. Yeah, it's a, mut a mutually abusive relationship. Right. Well, that is three words, isn't it? Perfect. Yeah. And what have you learned about yourself from your relationship with your smartphone? There are some fundamental things about human beings, which smartphones really uh, have been very effective at tapping into. I have found recently that I often can rely on external validation too much. I think I've always had this feeling of not really knowing what I'm doing and looking around being like, is this, am I doing this right? And I think the internet 
provides you with this window into everyone else's lives where you can mm-hmm. be like, how am I doing? Like, have I done this right? Do people like this? And I think that you become reliant on that so much that you lose a sense of your own personal self. And it's like, who, who am I really? Like, what am I really interested in? Do I know who I am rather than how I see myself through this kind of strange mirror image I've created of myself? I'd love to just get to a point where I can just, you know, like in the, in the past, like a big theme in literature is like the kind of return to nature. Yeah. The kind yeah. of mice and men going and living off the fat of the land. I feel like there's a growing sense of like, what, what would life be if we could just kind of like live in the sort of bucolic fields of uh, we could just hurl our phones away yeah yeah and exist in a a world without the internet i think about that a lot but also i mean as someone who's like a british person living in new york i think for me my focus is has really shifted in the last few years to just how like group chats are for me the best sort of form of social media in a way that i never saw from the social media before but yeah it's not really any different from you know, all these features which Twitter and Instagram are bringing in like close friends and there's this new Twitter thing where you can choose like a select audience for certain tweets. I think that's where social media is going really, isn't it? In terms of usefulness, it's us creating our own communities instead of, as you say, performing for the world. Yeah, because people who understand you, who are supporting you and you get what you mean and understand, you know, for just because you haven't said one thing or acknowledged one thing doesn't mean that you, you're not into that. You know, like all of those things mm-hmm. which you see on social media where people are like, well, does this mean, you know, you're saying you love potatoes. So does this mean you hate tomatoes? <laughs> you know, yeah. your friends are like, oh, I've seen him eat both. So yeah, it's okay. That has been helpful for me being away from sort of friends and family in the UK, being able to sort of share what I'm up to and, and communicate. But at the same time, I think again, like social media, takes advantage of your urge to be connected when you're maybe slightly uh, detached from your base. You find yourself checking your messages too much, opening your the front door of your house when no one's there and then closing it again and then going back around and opening picking it again. Picking the phone up, it. one of those old-fashioned phones, picking them up, <laughs> shaking it. Is it still connected? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've definitely <laughs> found myself doing that. And maybe the solution is just being more at peace with yourself and... And not feeling like you have to respond to people all the time or be in touch with people all the time. I don't know. So if people do want to be in touch with you, how can they find out about you, uh, you and your work? <laughs> well, I I write occasionally for The Guardian. So, yeah. And I have my yeah my Twitter, which is quite easy to find, just Max Benwell. And yeah, that's that's kind of my main, my main channels. And people can see if they can find your photo online, Max. <laughs> yeah. They want to use it. It's fine as long as they're nice. <laughs> yeah, I welcome all catfishes. Thank you so much. This has been absolutely brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. Oh well, no, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's Complicated. If you haven't already, please do subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. It helps new people find us, and it means you get a helpful notification whenever a new episode drops. For more about getting a healthy balance with tech, you can follow me, Tanya Goodin, or Time to Log Off on Instagram and Twitter. And my latest book, My Brain Has Too Many Tabs Open, is available at Amazon 
and at all good bookshops. Finally, for more information about this and other episodes in the podcast series, visit itstimetologoff.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.